Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. So good to be with you. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor, and I saw a lot of great things yesterday. Uh, Those out on the lawn, is it looking pretty good out there? We cleaned it up yesterday. Look around. They're clapping. It's awesome. And... uh, Those online, maybe you joined us for the workday. Those in-house, maybe you joined us for the workday. If you did join us for workday, raise your hand. We just love to know that you're a part of it. We clap for those folks. Here's what was awesome uh, about the workday. Folks that had been here for 40 plus years hung out with other folks who had been here for less than four months, and we actually got some good stuff done. So it was a combo of uh, being together. We, I call it a Mary Martha moment. We were more worried about being Mary and hanging out uh, than getting everything done, and so we're just so thankful for that. I have a deep voice right now. We're getting that. Thanks, Greg. Sorry. Hey, we got something else that's just fun and new and a little more normal. I loved, yesterday made things a little more normal. We were together. Uh, It was just a glorious time to be together. We have pews actually back in the Bible. We can clap for that. All right, it's good to clap for Bibles. Um, Just a sense of normalcy, uh, a sense of just we're getting back in some ways or heading toward uh, something. And I would encourage you, there's something about, even all the studies show, there's greater retention when you actually are holding a Bible. And I'm all for online Bibles, totally. I mean, I use my phone Bible a ton. But here's what I know. I know where James 4.10 is on the page in my Bible. It's up in the upper right-hand area of my Bible. And for some reason, that helps me even remember that passage. On my phone, uh, it's just another scroll. Are you with me? And so even the studies show, I would encourage you to use both so that your retention is actually higher in that way. I'm not biased, I'm just aware, and so I'm just promoting that today. So hey, we are finishing up our series here in Deuteronomy called Remembering. And we've been remembering a lot of things you can see from our shelves of remembrance. But I want to start us off today with a question because I want you to wrestle with this question, because in the end, this is the overarching uh, message of Deuteronomy that I think God wants us to hold on to. So here's the question. Do you ever forget that the Lord is with you and that the Lord is for you? Two-part question. Right now, look at that question. Online, you can even put it in the chat. Which part of this question is harder for you? That the Lord is with you or the Lord is for you? Which one do you believe more? We won't take a poll, but this is good to wrestle with. Or do you like, I believe both of those. I don't have any problem with either of those. I totally believe those. But which one do you lean into more? Which one do you lean into less? For me, I don't have a problem with the latter that he's, that he's for me. Um, that's never been an issue for me. I, for some reason, at the core of my core, because of what happened on the cross, I do believe that God is for me. But here's what I do know. Oh boy, do I have gaps about whether he's with me. It's not that I don't trust that he's with me. That's not it. It's how forgetful I am that he is with me. I'm amazed on a given day how I can wake up, even spend time in the word, maybe have some time of prayer, and then begin my day. And here's what happens. The gap, the gap, the gap, the gap, the gap, the gap. And then, oh, oh my gosh. Like the the Lord is with me. And I close the gap. But then I'll have that moment, and then all of a sudden, the gap, the gap, the gap, 
the gap and then be like, oh, I need to call on the Lord right now based on what's going on in my life. Oh, he's with me. I can do that. That's what one of the things I hope would happen today. Somehow, in some way, the gap would be closed more. Because here's what I know. When the gap is closed more often for me, I'm actually more courageous. Oh, I'm much kinder. All right? All right? Super more gracious. All right? Less reactive. Anybody else relating to this at all? Okay? But when there's this gap, and there's this gap, and this gap, I find my dis-ease is greater. How I view the future Uh, seems more uncertain. But when the gap is closed and I remember, ah, even as I stand with you today, if I sit here and I'm preaching and I'm preaching and I'm preaching and if I can get to the moment, I'm going, oh, I'm preaching, but here's the good news. (sighs) He's with me. And it's going to be okay. That's a whole different place of being. He's with us and he's for us. This is one of the key overarching arcing messages that God wants the Israelites to understand based on where they are as they head into the promised land. Take a look at this map. I brought us this map in the beginning of this series. We're closing out today. The Israelites were on this journey. It was supposed to take them 11 days from the Red Sea to get to the yellow area of the promised land. It took them how long? 40 years. Because they wandered, they forgot at times that he was for them and that he was with them. And now at the end of Deuteronomy, they find themselves on the east side of the River Jordan near that red spot on the east side. And there's these final statements in Deuteronomy 30 and 31 to them, reminding them that the Lord is what? with them, and the Lord is actually for them. Deuteronomy is a a funky little book because it seems like, oh, it must be this long book over this historical period of time. In essence, it's a short book. It's It's a book that spans really only three months. Think November, think December, think January. And where we find ourselves in the book right now, do open up your Bible to Deuteronomy 31 where we find ourselves in Deuteronomy 31. And if you're new to us and new to the Bible, uh, it's one of the first several books in the Bible. You'll be able to find it. But where we find ourselves right now is that they are about to take the promised land. They're into the January. They're in the last month. Their leader Moses is about to die. And their new leader Joshua is going to take over. And there's some key things or the key thing that God's wanting them to remember that I am with you and I am for you. So let's jump in. That's our big idea today, that I am with you and I am for you. But let's jump into Deuteronomy 31. And I want you to hear what Moses says to all the Israelites as they stand there in the east of Jordan. Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 6. Then Moses went out and he spoke these words to who? All the Israelites. So he's talking to a people as if I'm talking with you today. It's plural. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. That's what he's saying to Moses. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to uh, Sihon and Og the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Then hear these words. Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never what? Leave you nor forsake you. So that's what the words are said to all of the Israelites. But then look what he says specifically then. Moses says to Joshua in the next line. Then Moses summoned Joshua and he said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, Joshua, for you must go with these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you, Joshua, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God speaks through Moses to all of Israel. God speaks to Moses to the specific leader. Or Moses tells that to the specific leader. Flip to verse 23 in the same chapter. Now this is the Lord speaking it. So you have all the people were told plurally, hey, I am with you, I will not forsake you. And then Moses tells it specifically to Joshua, and then after some time, the Lord reminds Joshua. And what's great about this portion is, look how the Lord is spelled here in the Bible. It's big L, big O, big R, big D. Often it's spelled big L, then little R, little O, little R, little D. But here, it's representing when that version of the Lord is used, the God of all existence is reminding Joshua because he's about to do a remarkable and challenging thing, isn't he? So the God of all existence, if it's just uh, capital L, small small O, small R, small D, it's Adonai, the relational God. But it's emphasizing that the God of what? All existence is reminding him of this. And look what he says. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will what? Be with you. Think of this concept. I think it parallels where we are. We are people transitioning into a promised future. It is good to be reminded that the Lord is with us, and he's actually for us, as imperfect as we are. Furthermore, for our leadership to know that the Lord is with them and for them is a good thing. For our future leader who's not even here to know that is a good thing. This is, doesn't stop in just an Old Testament concept that, the God, that God only speaks that to Old Testament people. Let's fast forward now and let's go all the way to the gospel. You've got to work hard today in your Bible. Go to Matthew 28, the last chapter of Matthew. I want you to see where Jesus says this same thing to remind those he was sending out because we are a people just like these disciples filled with the Holy Spirit being sent out so we can claim the same truth. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. This is called the Great Commission. This is where Jesus commissions his disciples to go forward. Look what he says in Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to what? The end of the age. This is the same promise we can claim. So it's just not an Old Testament promise. 
I want you to ponder this now. Remember, we're trying to close the gap. Our big idea today, the Lord is with you and he is for you. How do you close this gap? Because we know we're better when we do life with him, don't we? We're so much better when we do life with him, uh, individually and as a whole. And if you think about it, we are just a moment away from any of us remembering that he's with us. You're walking through your day, you're the next moment away of closing the gap. Oh, he's with me right now. It could be you're going to school. It could be you're going in the safe way. It could be you're going to work. It could be you're about to walk into your family. And imagine when you allow his presence to be with you, how it can change that within you and then outside of you and around you. I want you to encourage you to use your breath as a reminder. All right? Psychology would say this, and I actually believe it's a biblical concept because breath came from who? Breath came from God, all right? Psychology didn't give us breath, but they believe that breath is powerful. I mean, you'll be told in a certain setting, hey, use your breath. Like if you're breathing shallow, you're probably stressed. You're probably not uh, at ease. You have a dis-ease within you. So everybody, take a big breath right now. God is with you. He gave you that breath. Can you imagine you're going through a day, you're feeling tension, you're feeling tension, you're getting farther, you're getting farther. God, you're with me. What shall we do right now? What do you want me to do? What do you want me not to do? The God of all existence is a moment away from you remembering his powerful presence in your life. Here's what's so incredible, and it proves how much I forget this. There's a word that represents this concept. In this word, for the next four weeks, we will wander into and bump around, but I promise you, when you get to February, you'll forget this word, because I do. I promise you, when it's the 4th of July, it won't, like, rise to the top, all right? But I promise you, it'll start picking up again around November. Does anybody know what the word is? It could be resolution, yes, because let's stick to it. Let's try And it's a biblical word, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Whether you spell with an I or an E, it doesn't matter. It means the same thing. God is what? God is with us. And I'm always amazed when I bump into Advent, which is this preparation period to celebrate the birth of Jesus, where this word comes up. It comes up in song. It comes up in scripture. And I re-embrace it. I'm like, yes. Oh, God is with us. How will you remember to close the gap? How could you trick yourself into remembering? Is it the post-it that's on your mirror? Is it on your phone? Everybody pull out their phone right now. Because isn't it interesting? We always have our phones with us. Phone is with us. Phone is with us. I don't even carry my wallet anymore because Apple Pay is with us. I'm playing this trick right now myself. Can I never take my wallet with me? And where can I just go tap, tap, tap? Even at Cheap Gas, right down the road, they have the oldest tanks on earth. It's next to King Donut. Our family calls it Cheap Gas. I don't know if anyone else does. It's called something else. But at Cheap Gas, Apple Pay is with us. And it's just so interesting. But, but here's, what if your phone was the actual reminder that God is with you? Because your phone is always with you, right? So what if that became, what if you put on the back of your phone on a sticker and would you do that to your phone that God is with us? 
or God is with me? What if you made that the screensaver on your phone? God is with me. We need this as people because what? we're just forgetful. I don't say that as shaming. I say that as just helpful. I need this. Don't we all need this? So our big idea today includes two things. And I just challenge you the first. How will you remember that God is with you? But maybe you wrestle more with the second part, that God is with us and God is for us. I have a friend, Tom, that I've known for years, but I've had the privilege, he jumped into our Bible study on Tuesday nights. And Tom endlessly reminds us of how much God is for us. And he's been very good at reminding us in Deuteronomy where it says that. And I want to show you right now. Remember, I'm making you work hard in your Bible today. Go to Deuteronomy 9. Deuteronomy 9, there's this funky little dialogue between God and the Israelites. And I'm going to show you in a moment how the same dialogue plays out to those in the New Testament in Titus and how it relates to us. So this is not an Old Testament concept only. In Deuteronomy 9, in verses 5 and 6, listen what it says. You can read it on the screen. It's not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going to take possession of the land. Remember, they're about to take the land. But on account of the wickedness of the nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to his fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's saying is, I cut a deal with you, people, and I'm, I'm following through. It's not because of your righteousness. I'm going to clear you some space. I'm going to let you move in, all right? And I'm going to use you as a people because I love and I care for you. Look what it goes on to say. It is not because of your integrity or your righteousness or integrity, but you jump down to six. Understand then that it's not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess. For what? You are a stiff-necked people. So he's telling them that he loves them in an odd sort of way, isn't he? I have this land for you. You are my people. And can we just get this straight? I love you. It has nothing to do with what you've done because you're not very good at doing things. All right? You get it wrong. You forget about me. The gap expands. And, but, even though you're stiff-necked, I love you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am actually for you. Now flip hard right all the way almost to the end of the Bible. Go to Titus. I don't think anyone probably read Titus this past week, okay? But Titus is this powerful, potent little book all the way towards the end of the New Testament. And I want you to see the similar thought for us, those who believe in Jesus. Same concept. Titus 3, verses 3 to 6. It'll be on the screen too. I want you to see how much God is for you here. Titus 3, verse 3 to 6. Oh man, can't we all relate to this first part? And it's not even the past tense. At one time, or even currently now, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Anybody relate to this? But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he did what? He saved us. And why? Not because of the righteous things we'd done. No, no, no but because of his mercy, 
Old Testament God, who seems like this God of wrath, actually, Old Testament God to me, had a super view of mercy over the Israelites. New Testament God who brought Jesus and then gave us the Holy Spirit to truly understand and then be people who move on in our lives to different lands to bless others did it also because he knew we couldn't be righteous. This tells us that what? God is for us. We might know he's with us, but he is so, so for us in this way. How do you believe that he's for you? What is it that makes you actually say that? I'm trying to prove a point here to you, and let's go on to the next part and see what it says, but I want you to wrestle with, how do I know he's really for me? Well, here's what it says. As we go on in verse five, he saved us through the washing, this is a beautiful passage, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit when he, what he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. I want to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to what? To devote themselves to doing what is good. Do you see the love there? In our unrighteousness, he just poured out his generosity. Imagine the blood of Jesus just pouring out for us because he knew we couldn't be righteous. He knew we couldn't be righteous. What is it that makes you believe that he's for you? What is it? I think it's so important to be able to hold that and know that. Our shelves of remembrance are actually signs that he's for us. When we started the journey, he first said, don't forget me, remember me. I am the one true and only God. Does that help you believe he's for you? He was redeclaring that, letting us know that. He then went on to tell us, I have this land for you, even now. Not the promised land, but the land you live in. I've given you this space and place to go and bless people. Do you believe that he's with you and for you as a result of that? I've given you these commandments. The Old Testament commandments seem complicated. There was 10 of them. But when they're summed up in the New Testament, it's so simple. What? Love God and love others. I've made it clear for you how to live because I'm for you and I'm with you. You move on further. Scott talked about fearing the Lord. In essence, don't fear anything else more than me. Give nothing else more power because I'm for you and I'm with you and I want you to have a life that has less dis-ease and more ease and peace. He then said to the Israelites, oh, and gosh, get rid of some of that evil because that stuff will make you stumble and better yet and worse off as we all know it, you'll be totally enslaved to it if you let certain things in. Oh, don't we have all those? Because remember, I'm just telling you this, not because I'm a mean God. It's like you can't have certain things. No, because I am for you and I am with you. And I want you to have this life that has so much more freedom than what you realize and you might get enslaved to. Shin Chi, how does that have to do with this? Oh, that movie's about somebody who was chosen for a purpose. And don't miss that you as an individual, don't run from your purpose because remember, I'm for you. I'll help you, I'll help you understand that I'm for you and I'm with you and I'll help you live into that. And take care of the poor. 
Because the vulnerable need us and we need the vulnerable because that helps us live a little bit less for ourselves. And don't worry, I'm for you and I'm with you and so I can help you do that even when you're holding too tightly to everything you have and you have fears for the future. And then look at those last two. Consequences are real. And I'm just going to warn you of that because remember, I am for you and I'm with you and, and I don't want you to wander in those things. And then finally, you have a choice. <laughs> Will you choose me? This is God speaking. <laughs> I am for you and I'm with you. That's the book of Deuteronomy. We see it often differently. Old Testament God of wrath. Oh no, Old Testament God of mercy and grace who chose a people who then enabled that through this mysterious way, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, so that we now could experience in the present, and then empowered us by the Holy Spirit. Takes faith to believe, doesn't it? But we can testify because we've experienced it in many ways. So, grab this card that's in front of you. As we move forward as a people today, I think you're hearing the overarching theme that God is with us and he's for us. But what is he calling you to individually? Which of these is he calling you to remember more and to take with you into our promised future as a communal body? Because there's a quote I want you to hear right now. The stronger the individual pieces, so will be the whole into the future. We as a body, I've been talking about our body as a puzzle and God's re-putting it back together and making a new vision for us as we move forward. And the pieces are stronger if we walk with him and believe he's for us and we understand, oh, I need to focus on specifically purging evil out of my life. That'll make me stronger. It'll make us stronger as a whole because my peace is stronger. Or, oh, I need to remember that I'm chosen and live in less doubt about that God has a plan with, for my life. Or I need to up my fear because individual pieces will enable that to make the whole stronger. Are you with me? Does that make sense? We live so individually, but in the end, we are a community. I saw it in our work day. We could have never gotten done if we operated individually yesterday. I mean, it got to be about two o'clock and we looked around and went, oh my gosh, we got so much to do. And then I watch people rally and rise up and by dark we got out of here and cleaned up and ready to go. And it was beautiful how the individual pieces rose up, did their part, put themselves aside and we accomplished something in a way that we could have never had. So as we end today and the band comes up, we're gonna sing a song that I want you to remember that God is with you and for you. But right now, as the band comes up, as we begin, what is God calling you to remember and take forward with you so that you individually are stronger, so that we as a whole then are stronger? So we take a moment. I'm gonna pray for us. I want you to focus on this. And then let's sing in a way maybe we've never sung because we're remembering today how much he's with and for us. So Father in heaven, we come before you right now and we pause. What do you want us to do individually so that we will remember and be more who you want us to be moving forward together? Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. 
We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.